As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. There's been one demand, and that's holding up that Lombardi trophy, period. That's all I care about, is holding that trophy up and holding that trophy up here. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. You're listening to The State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Tashawn Reed, and Ted Nguyen on the Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome back from the bye week. This is State of the Nation. I am Jimmy Durkin, joined, as always, by Vic Tafer, Deshaun Reed, and Ted Wynn. The Raiders, 1-4 uh, going into the bye week. They had a week to rest, recuperate, and put Nate Hobbs on the IR. Obviously, the broken hand from last game, uh, that, that is a blow. Um, they're in a pretty desperate situation here. I mean, 1-4. You know, They played pretty well in that loss to the Chiefs. They had opportunities. I mean, really, I, I think... If Devontae Adams doesn't bobble that ball on the sidelines and he, he gets both feet in, they, they probably upset the Chiefs. And, and we're talking about a, a two and three team that's really kind of right in the division race. But that didn't happen. And they're one and four. Been a lot of close games, a lot of opportunities to win these games, but they haven't done it. And now they face what we can call a winnable stretch. But um, in the next six games, we'll see, right? I mean, we'll see if, if this team is as good as as good a one and four team as Raider fans want uh, want to make them out to be. Yeah, obviously, you know, they don't feel like a bad team, but when anytime you're the worst team in your conference, you can't really argue that you are that. And I mean, any year, I mean, the, the Raiders, they've shown us the last few years that you can't really pencil in a win against anybody. You know, they've found themselves in, in tightly contested games with some of the worst teams in the league. And even though the Texans are one of that, and I do think they are better than Texans, doesn't mean that they, they can't lose to them or any of these other teams, you know, in this, if we want to call it soft, soft run that they have coming up. And so, Given the position that they're in, I can't imagine they're going into that with big heads. Like, yeah, we're going to walk over these guys and turn our season around immediately. And this is a cupcake stretch. Like, I'm pretty sure they they have the level of urgency that you you would expect and, and that you need to have um, to be able to pull off. You know, I think at this point, something that only a couple of teams in the league history have done, which is you know start one and four and make the playoffs. So, you know, it's dire times, but you know they they do have an opportunity here. But it's it's, it's definitely not going to be easy. Yeah, and the Texans aren't. A rollover team also they they have one tie and two of their losses came in one possession games they 
hung with the Chargers. They beat Jacksonville, who's a decent team. So this is not like a just a simple rollover type of game, you know, just because the Texans were really bad last year and they do have one win, but they, you know, they've been able to keep things competitive and be a pretty annoying team for uh, anyone who's played them. But it should be a rollover game. You got um, the Texans defense. I think um, I saw a stat lead the league in explosive play rate given up on defense. Um, and the Raiders coming off a bye week. Their offense has gotten a little better the last previous games. They got. Uh, and Darren Waller, hopefully back. Hunter Renfro, uh, back to health. So it should be, we keep saying, you know, I keep saying it should be a top five offense. Josh Jacobs has been great this year, so that's even another third reason why they should be scoring a lot of points. So no reason why coming off a bye week with uh, two weeks to prepare, they shouldn't get 30 points and, and win this game pretty comfortably. The Raiders sit here at one and four with a minus five point differential, which is, is really hard to be one and four and, and only be minus five. Obviously, they had the you know comfortable win against the Broncos and, and everything else has been close. Um, that's 15th in point differential in the leagues. So, I mean, they're like, like slightly in the upper half of point differential in the league. You know, teams that have winning records have. I mean, the, the Chargers are four and two have a worse point differential than the Raiders. So, I mean, yeah, I, like you said, Deshaun, this doesn't look like a bad team, but the next six games will kind of tell us, like, are they a good team? I mean, it's the Texans, the Saints, the Jaguars, the Colts, the Broncos, and the Seahawks. Only the Colts among those teams have a winning record. They are 3-2-1. and one. Those teams, those six teams, are a combined 13-20-2. So at 1-4 right now, what do we think the Raiders' record has to be coming out of that six-game stretch in order for them to go into, you know, the last month or so of the season feeling like they're they're in contention. I mean, do they have to win five out of the six? Do they have to win four out of the six? I mean, four and two run in that stretch would get them to five and six, kind of going into the stretch run. Um, is that enough to feel like they've got a shot at, at making a wild card run? I think they have to be over five hundred after this run. So so six and five, at least five hundred over over five hundred. Um, because I mean, the, the, their schedule does you know pick up a little bit towards the end of the season. They have a, a more difficult more difficult run there. And then, so I don't think you can come into that, you know, five and six or under 500 and really have much of a chance at securing a playoff spot. I still think they're going to be, you're going to have to probably hit 10 wins to make the playoffs in the AFC and, and obviously secure some of those tiebreakers. But given the the quality of opponent, if they don't come out of this stretch, you know, over 500, I, I have zero confidence in their ability to, to finish strong in those, those last few games of the season. So Really, I think they only have room for like one loss during this stretch. Honestly, yeah, I agree. I think they have to be five and one at the end, just because they, and that's a high standard. But they started so badly at at one and four that they have to have something, a really good stretch run to get them out of this this big hole that they started in. Yeah, I, that sounds like a uh, like the number, but uh, that sounds that sounds tough. I don't know how they go five and one, but um, you're right. I think ten wins definitely is what you got to strive for at this point. So that's what that's nine and three the rest of the way. So based on that, yeah, you got to get through this 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 part of the schedule with uh, with a five and one record. So um, let's uh, I guess let's get it going this week. If they at least go four and two, I mean, I think you go into December not feeling great, but thinking you have a chance because, I mean, the, the schedule the rest of the way after that is home against the Chargers, who is a, that's a team they've generally played pretty well against. Um, then they have the short week go on the road to, to face the Rams in L.A. The Patriots, I mean, it's hard to, to know what to make of them. The Steelers are right now one of the worst teams in the league. I think they have the worst point differential in the league. And then that closing stretch of the Niners and Chiefs, the Niners, the way they, the way the injuries seem to hit them, you, you don't know what the hell kind of team they're going to be by the new year. And, uh, 
and maybe the Chiefs will be resting players in week 18. So I don't know. But yeah, I mean, if if they only go three and three or something through this stretch or or even worse, then um, we're talking about a really, really, really bad year one for Josh McDaniels. Yeah, they're three and three. That's what. That's four and seven. That would not. They would definitely, I think, um, have no shot at that point. So um, I agree with you. Four and two is still, it's still, it's still talking about. It's still like having aspirations and still looking at. You know, maybe getting this team to that point where if you're four and seven, I think you got to change your the focus of what you're looking for the rest of the year. A lot of it's going to be determined by I think by these first two games here. I mean that. Uh, if they lose to the Texans this weekend and then go and lose to the Saints. Wow. You're really you, know, you don't really, you don't really have to say and then. You know, if they lose to the Texans this week, it is cooked. And then. Well, my, my, and then my and then is that we have the trade deadline. Oh. And that's the end then. You probably have some tough decisions to make. I mean, it's a new regime that – we framed it as kind of going an all-in, you know, the, going after Devonta Adams. I know they have kind of pushed back on that. You know, they they think they kind of made some calculated moves, but where while you know not going all the way in. If you even split these two games, right? If you're two and five going into the trade deadline, I don't know. You uh, you got some conversations to be had. I think we talked about the reports of them not thinking that the personnel is all that great, and I think recently the ESPN reports that they were floating around Jonathan Abram and. And Clee Farrell and trade rumors, so some more people from the previous regime that that they didn't. Clee Farrell has been available yeah. to trade for yeah. like two years. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, like they don't, you know, there's, there's been these whispers that they don't like the roster and all that kind of stuff. And so if you get off to a worse enough, uh, a bad enough start to where at at the trade deadline is kind of looking like you're probably cooked, then they could use that as an opportunity as like a not a fire sale, but kind of con- continuing the effort of trying to clean the house of the previous regime's moves. So that's certainly a possibility. It's obviously not what they expected, you know, after signing Chandler Jones and trading for Devontae Adams. But uh, I do think you do have have to have a good, good amount of self-awareness in, in certain situations. And like I said, if it was the Texans or the Saints or, you know, you know, if they go in somehow being one and six into the, the trade deadline, then I think at that point you kind of have to look yourself in the eyes and be like, we're not doing what we wanted to do this year. Yeah, I think even if you're two and five at the deadline, if you're two and five, you split these next two games and you're two and five. I think you got to look at maybe getting a pick for you. I'm, I'm not sure there are a lot of tradable pieces on this roster. I mean, I know that let's talk about Clee and Abram, but I don't know what those guys can, what they can get in a trade. I would think um, Hankins would be a guy. Maybe the D tackles are always at a premium. For some reason, he didn't play last week. They uh, was a healthy scratch. Maybe they're not that high on him after all. So he might be a guy you can get it in a lower pick for. And then you look at Josh Jacobs. I mean, Josh Jacobs, obviously right now, no one's thinking about trading him. He's leads the league in yards after contact. Been great this year. But if you're two and five, he's a guy you're not really sure. You're probably not bringing back next year. Uh, can maybe help a team down the stretch. Maybe you can get a decent pick for him and, and go with uh, Zamir White. So, again, I don't think that's in the cards right now. But if you're sitting there two and five and you're still at the bottom of the AFC, maybe you got to look at that. Yeah, maybe, maybe Chandler Jones. Maybe... Uh... Who else? I don't know. Chandler Jones' deal is tradable. I mean, his nah. age and the money he's his, making in the production. Yeah, I'm not sure somebody's going to want to Chandler Jones. So it's not how many guys really that I think that are, are that could be available. It's, it's a, the way the roster is, is set up. If they hadn't given the extension to to Darren Waller, I wonder what kind of market there would be for him. I mean, we know that the Packers were you know reportedly interested in him in in the Devonta Adams deal. Um, I think with the extension that 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 alters that, but. Um, if he had not been given the extension, I, 
that's okay. But I mean, we're five games in. We probably shouldn't be. Uh, we shouldn't be selling off uh, off pieces yet. We're supposed to get supposed to get everybody hyped up for uh, for the home game against the Texans this week. So uh, let, let's try to get everybody. Uh, we'll save the trade talk for if they'll lose this game as we come back off the bye. I mean, obviously. Tough news for the Raiders losing Nate Hobbs. Their defense lacks playmakers. They just they don't have many guys. Uh, Max Crosby is is obviously the number one playmaker, one of the best defensive players in the league. And you know Nate Hobbs is probably their second best playmaker on that defense. And now we're talking about at least four games without him with the uh, the broken hand. It definitely makes this game a lot tougher than it, than it had to be. I think you mentioned only like I think three playmakers on his defense. I think him, Crosby, and Perryman. So you lose one of those three guys. And Houston, they can run the ball pretty well. I mean, Damian Pierce has been one of the better rookies in the, in the league. Uh, Brandon Cooks is always a deep threat. So there are some there's some guys there who might pose you know a little fear into you. But um, yeah, Hobbs is definitely a big loss. I think they definitely were were um, not great in secondary before we, we, we were with Hobbs, and now hopefully you get uh, Averett back this weekend. But still, there's definitely a, a void there, which um, gives the Texans a little more of a shot this weekend. Averett would be huge because he could just you slot him outside, and they you know at least have two solid guys outside that haven't made as many plays as Nate Hobbs and uh, Roberson kind of fills out that slot role. So at least there's no huge holes in the secondary if you have Averett back. But if Averett's not back, then things get pretty dicey. Yeah, I think even with Averett back, you know, kind of something that Hobbs showed this year that we didn't see last year was that versatility, that, that ability to move both inside and outside, depending on the situation. And you know, if they wanted him to follow a team's number one target, like let's say Brandon Cooks, he's a he's a guy that could do that no matter where he lines up, and he just makes plays. I mean, they, they're among I think they're like thirty first in in passes def- or uh, interceptions, and they haven't had many passes defensed, and uh, they just haven't made that many plays on the ball as a secondary. Even a guy like like Trayvon Merrick, um, who who we thought could be a guy to take a big year two jump, has kind of struggled so far this year, and so. It's a tough spot for them. I think it, it may not matter as much this week. I mean, like, I don't think Davis Mills is going to suddenly light the world on fire or anything like that. But moving forward, they do need more guys on this defense to step up and at least be able to make flash plays. I think this defense we see, it's not going to be one that's all that good on a play-by-play basis. But they have a couple guys where it's like, you know, Chandler Jones not having any sacks so far. Denzel Perriman's been in and out and hasn't been the same player he was last year, uh, not having Nate Hobbs. Um, you know, they need somebody else besides Max Crosby to make those splash plays, those sacks, those tackles for loss, you know, fumbles, interceptions. Like, even if, if you're not going to be that good, you got to at least, you know, cause a, a shift every now and then if you're going to get off the field consistently enough um, to have much success. And they just haven't had that so far. And obviously, you know, losing one of their guys that could potentially do that is a, a big loss for them. Well, let's see about some guys they might get back. Josh McDaniels said Wednesday he's hopeful, um, was asked if he's hopeful, and he said, you know, gave a, a very excited yes about getting Foster Moreau and Darren Waller back. Now, Moreau was out there at practice on Wednesday. Darren Waller not out there at practice. And, you know, it's been a frustrating season, I think, for, for Waller, um, you know, for fans watching him. Um, it's been disjointed between, you know, the, the injury that kept him out of training camp and then, you know, gets the extension and, and he just he hasn't got it going. Um what would it mean for the the Raiders to get back Foster Moreau? I mean, he, he really you know, hasn't had a huge role in this offense yet. Um, you know, the last couple of years, uh, we, we've kind of not seen him really take that next step. But I guess we're hoping that the Raiders can get both their top two tight ends back. It would definitely help out uh, 
Devontae Adams, I think Adams has done a good job so far, really good job. His numbers are, are pretty good, and that's without Renfro and Waller being on the field a lot, making plays, and Moreau hasn't been in there. So really been the sole focus of these defenses. He's still putting up numbers. That's how, how good he is. So I think if you get these guys back making plays, that'll make his life a little easier, and he can even do more. So just you know, the late off this offense can finally come off if those guys are back. And you would think Waller's back this week. I mean, he's had a lot of time to rest. If not, then that's – Clearly uh, not a good sign. They've been so close. Like the Waller and Carr connection, they've, they've been close to making big plays and being really productive, but they've just been just a little off here and there. So obviously you want to see them get back and get some more reps together and hopefully kind of bridge that gap. And um, they would have won more games if they if they just hit on a few more opportunities. So, yeah, you just want to see Waller get back and hopefully they kind of reclaim that connection. So it's not like Waller's disappearing and you know we, we we don't see an avenue for him to get there he's right they've been right there it's just uh they've been missing just you know with the little ball placement miss here and there hamstrings are tricky always obviously he missed a lot of training camp with a hamstring injury it's not i'm not sure if it's the same leg that kept him out during training camp or not so i don't want to feed too much into that um as if it's some kind of recurring thing but if one of them can't go even you know Waller or Moreau I think we're going to see them use that that jumbo package that they've been using um the last couple of games a lot more with, with the six offensive linemen that's kind of their their stand-in tight end in a way when it when it comes to blocking it's been pretty effective for them like their numbers are pretty good both passing and running the ball when they do that um so I think that's, that's something that we'll see if, if they are without one of them and if they don't have one, I think it's probably in their best interest to call up somebody from the practice squad. Like you don't want to end up in a situation like last week or not last week, but the week before last where you only have one tight end active in the game. But, uh, you know, if, if Moreau is back, I, I think he's he's a solid tight end at least. Um, you know, he's, he's nowhere near Waller. I don't I think we can say that at this point. But it's been a frustrating process with Waller. He's kind of looked out of sorts, and, I, and I'm sure it's more difficult to get in sync when he's been in and out and in and out. And same thing with Renfro. Really, I mean, as much as we've kind of, you know, talked about the offense not not meeting expectations i think they're like sixth in scoring right now <laughs> so like they're, they're on the fringe of being a top five offense as, as we want them to be i guess but so you can see the potential in it and if they all can get out there and be healthy and then sing at the same time they could really you know start to push the, the envelope and go on the run here that speaks to how much talent they do have that i mean like nothing has gone right really for them at all and even when nothing things aren't going right, I mean they they can still score. I mean it's just I think that's probably the most frustrating thing if you're a Raiders fan is like you expected this offense to be elite, and even with them not being there, they they like aren't that far off. And so if they could get something figured out, it shows you how good Adams is. Adams is I think definitely the top receiver in the NFL. You look at the Packers; they're struggling. Even and then, like you mentioned the Raiders are coming on, and these rankings are getting up there with just him pretty much. He's got he's definitely the focus and. I mean, you watch him and, and the way he you know, get, runs out of off the line of scrimmage and gets routes going, and the way he beats defenses with have two or three. I mean, just a, it's pretty amazing to watch how good he is and just all the hard work he's done. Obviously, getting these these routes and the steps and the little stutter step is kind of uh, it's kind of unmatched that little thing that he does that shuffle to get off the line of scrimmage. So just um, I knew he was you know I obviously I knew he was great, but uh, he's better than I thought he was, and he's uh, just. It's been incredible. I just uh, a guy who may get lost in all the shuffle, all these struggles and the near misses, but really as good as advertised um, and definitely gives him hope, I think, for you know, a strong finish this season. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. All right, when we look ahead to Sunday, I mean, is there any way this team can lose? I mean, it... <laughs> yes, of course. There always is. They can lose to anybody. What would we make of this team if they can't come out with a sense of urgency? I was a little bit concerned about something that Josh McDaniel said on Ooh, Wednesday. Uh, you know, asked about the team coming out of the bye. And he basically, Tashad, you were there. I mean, he, he kind of said, like, yeah, I'm not really, I don't really have high expectations for this practice. Like, you know, it's, like, you're coming off the bye. You know, guys are just getting some rest. Like, he, he essentially laid laid the foundation for the fact that he didn't really expect Wednesday to be a very good practice. And, and that concerned me because I'm like, get it that, you're, you know, you guys are coming off some rest. But, like, that's something I'd be kind of like, on my team about. Like, hey, I want to make sure we we hit the ground running off the buy it. He just kind of g- gave them like almost permission to like, yeah, he, th- this, this practice can be trash. And, and I'm kind of expecting it. It kind of like fits into, I mean, every week, you know, with these losses, he's kind of been like, you know, you know, we're, we're learning how to win. It's a process. I don't want to make too much That's out of fucking team. too much out of this game or too much out of this week. You know, they're, they're trying to like minimize, I think the hit if things don't go well, if that makes sense. But Regardless of all that shit, they lose to the Texans. The hit is going to be tremendous because this, this game, this season is over. Like, like they're cooked if they lose it. They certainly can, but there's really no excuse for them to. I mean, uh, we we talked about even even with all the defensive issues and Hobbs getting hurt and, and all that. Like their offense, I think the last two games are averaging over thirty points per game. And while the Chiefs' defense is kind of whatever, um, they did just hold the Bills in check for most of the game. And the Broncos' defense is like a top five unit in the league, and so. If you can put up points and bunches against those guys, like the Texans defense, as we said, like they can they they can keep teams out of the red zone a little bit, but they've been pretty bad against not that great competition. Like they should be able to just blow the Texans out of the water in terms of how many points they put up on offense and then it's not even be a thing in this game. I mean, we've seen them in moments, you know, whether it's a Cardinals game or the start of the Chiefs game where they get off to those hot starts, but they haven't been able to sustain and close it out and, and have that consistent game all in all phases. And so this is, I mean, this is like a layup to, to have that performance. Even though it's the Texans, I think if they do go out there and jump out to a big lead and carry it forth and close out the game without it becoming a, a nail brighter down the stretch, that's something that even, you know, if it's not a great opponent, you can use that to build build upon it moving forward and have examples of it working. Because I think we kind of thought the Broncos game might be that, but even then they let that game down the stretch, the Broncos score, and they needed a touchdown 
um, or, or they were in danger there. Like this, this should be a game where it should it should really never be in doubt, and you're able to roll the Texans. And it should like if they're going to be a playoff team, like you have to beat teams like this that way. You can't have nail biters every week. That's how they got by last year. But that thing just it's just not sustainable to to win on walk off field goals every week and eke out all these close wins and things of that nature. Like they have to be able to put teams away that that they're better than. You just hope they're ready for the uh, the Malik Collins revenge game. Malik Collins is back in town. The key, the key to Raiders defense a couple of years ago. He's having a great year. Look at his. I don't even know what he looks like. <laughs> I don't even know what he. I, I don't think I've ever seen him. I mean, I looked at his stat. He, me, I, 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 don't, I don't think I would recognize him if he walked past me on the street. He's bald. <laughs> that's how invis- That's how invisible he was with the Raiders. I think our buddy here years ago, his stats are incredible. Not only this year, but his stats with the Raiders. This is thanks to uh, our good friend Josh. Uh, Mr. Negative Josh DeBow. So in 15 games with the Raiders, Malik Collins had one quarterback hit, zero sacks, zero tackles for losses, zero takeaways, zero passes defensed. That is incredible, those stats. That's mind-boggling. They have one number in 15 games. All right, now, 20 games with the Texans. Nine quarterback hits, two and a half sacks, 11 tackles for losses, two takeaways, and he's broken up two passes. He has one of the highest uh, pass rush win rates for defensive tackles in the last two years, too. Wasn't he also up there like before he came to the Raiders? Yeah, that's why they signed him. <laughs> that's why I said he was the key to the defense. Jesus and now he's the key to the Texans defense. So big uh, big revenge game coming up. I don't know for who, for the Raiders. I guess the Raiders are probably more mad than Malik Collins. Yeah, but, let's uh, see. What is he mad for? He got a free five <laughs> mil. <Yeah. laughs> so it's a Raider, Raiders revenge game against Malik Collins. So it's actually in their favor. So, yeah. No, he's probably feeling good about the Raiders coming I mean, in. He's like, man, I love this team. You know, I didn't do anything. They paid me all this money. But um, the things that bode, bode well. They got, a, they got, a, got a vaca- paid yeah, vacation. While exactly. But uh, the, the things that bode well for the Raiders coming into this game is the Texans are 31st in rush defense DVOA. So I think they should be able to rush the ball pretty well. I think Josh Jacobs should have another good day against this defense and the Texans they, they rely on the run game to to move the ball and surprisingly the Raiders actually have one of the better run defenses in the league by by a bunch of different metrics so I think they they'll be able to stop the run and you know force Davis Mills to try to beat them and I, I think Josh Jacobs should have a pretty good day on the ground. If Davis Mills beats the Raiders then I don't even know what uh, we're gonna talk about on Sunday night it'll be uh, it'll be quite a show but um, anyway it's not gonna happen never mind we'll carry on. All right, before we get to our predictions, which, uh, ooh, if anybody's picking the Raiders to lose this game, um, we're going we're gonna to take a few questions. We, have, we haven't done State of the Nation mail in a little while, so uh, we've got a few questions here. Uh, we'll start with this one from Evan G, and, and maybe the answer for, for this one will be Sunday. Um, Evan just wants to know, when will the pain end? When will the pain end? Hopefully this week. Hopefully this week. Hmm, that's a good question. That depends how you. That depends how you frame it, Ted. Because if it, it ends if they lose this week, because you know it's no hope. <laughs> you, you, just, you just you just tune out. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, it's gonna be either way. Either way. I argue the pain ends after the road trip. After they play the two weeks in a row at New Orleans and Jacksonville. Because this week, if they win, they beat Houston. Who cares? They're supposed to doesn't really matter. If they lose, then you, you, there's even more pain. So the pain ain't gonna end this week. So you need to do well. On that two-game uh, road trip, then maybe the pain can end. You can actually feel good about this team going forward. All right. Next one up from Charles B. Do you guys think I'm safe to get the wife a Devontae Adams jersey, or is it a waste of money? 
I think he's safe. Maybe wait. Maybe, maybe uh, wait, till wait, spring. wait till the year's over. Make sure Derek wait Carr. Spring, you don't what? use the exit clause on Derek Carr. That's the one sure thing. I mean, buy it now. You can wait the rest of the year at least. I mean, he's here a couple of years. He's not going anywhere. So I'd say I'd say it's safe. Go ahead. I'd, it's the Raiders. I'd buy, I'd, I'd buy Max Crosby. Wait, wait till the year's <laughs> over. Yeah. Wait till the year's I'd over. Buy, I'd buy what Max does that Crosby. mean? They're gonna trade Devontae Adams. I don't got, know. The... What if he gets hurt? Something. They trade him. Who knows. His contract is, is pretty tradable after this season. Good Lord, what are we, what, what are we if doing you, here? If you, what are we doing here? Come on, if come you on. Use what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Clause, what are we doing here? This is worse. If you use the Derek Carr oh exit ramp, God. are you not oh like saying God. let's reload? What, 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 go, what if they go one in sixteen? What, what and then are they get rid of and then they get rid of and then they get rid of Derek Carr because the contract allows it, and then Adams demands a trade. I'm logging off. I'm done. I'm saying it could happen. End of the show. Buy the Devonte Adams jersey. This pod oh. went negative. I thought we were supposed to be positive. You, you're not this pod. <laughs> you're going negative. Dark. Don't blame the pod. It's, <laughs> it's you. Like, oh, don't buy Adam's jersey. Don't do it. Like, that's all you, Ted. And the pod. We need a positive question in this. Uh... Here's a chance to add some optimism from Mark B. Are the Raiders at least better than Denver? Please tell me there's some hope they aren't a last place team once again. Yes, they are better they than the Broncos. Denver. The Broncos are awful. The, the Denver. I don't know if the Broncos are awful. The Broncos' defense is pretty good, but uh, I agree they're better than the Broncos, but I wouldn't say the Broncos are awful. I will their say offense I, is awful. Yeah, they, their offense is awful, and their coach is awful. I feel I feel 100% confident saying Nathaniel Hackett is, is a bum. But, you know what I mean? Like, they, they balance out. The Broncos have a top-five defense. The Raiders have, like, a top-five-ish offense. So I don't, I don't care too much about their defense being good. They stink. So I, I, and, the, and, the, and the Raiders the Raiders beat them. Yeah, the Raiders, like – Easily move the ball on that defense. They you know, scored a ton of points. They're all good. All right. Jeffrey H. If the Raiders beat the Texans and Saints here, we're going back to the optimism. Go. The Raiders beat the Texans and Saints. Do you expect them to be aggressive before the trade deadline or stay put? Teams are rarely aggressive. Yeah, in trade this deadline. isn't the NBA. I don't think we're going to see any any blockbusters on their ends. If they haven't signed any free agents uh, the last month, I don't think that's just how they're going to actually add people. I think they're kind of this is, this is what we have. We're, you know, I look at the look at the old line. This is what we have. We're going to make this work. So I'm not sure there's going to be a, a huge cry or Mark Davis will will sign off on getting more guys and, and more money being paid out. So I think this is it. I think this is your, your team going forward. Yeah, ideally for Raiders fans, there will be zero action at the trade deadline. I think if it goes either way, it's them getting rid of people because the season is over. So. If, if nothing happens at the trade deadline, that means they're probably heading in, in the right direction. Hey, we're rolling cap space over, baby. We're having a ton of cap space next next year. All right, Glenn C., last question here. The most disappointing Raiders thus far are Chandler Jones, only two quarters of productivity, obviously speaking about the first half against the Chiefs, Hunter Renfro, two fumbles running into Adams, and Waller, drops and unavailability. Agree or disagree? I have to agree with all those three, or that's his rankings, or am I, am I agreeing with... Yeah, he's, th- those are his the three most disappointing Raiders. Do you? Is there one more? Uh, yeah, that's that fine. Feels right. That's not, that feels that's right. Fine. I think so. All all players who got contracts this offseason. Right, let's get positive questions in. Let's get positive <laughs> questions in now. That was the last one, too. Okay. All right. Well, this is not a question that anybody asked. I mean, we we can only go with what the the fans asked. But Ted. Give me the three most surprisingly good Raiders this season. Oh, that's a that's a question. Josh Jacobs. That's a question yeah. that we hear. Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs. Hear that question enough. Parham's been been um, really good as a, as a rookie. I think he. I think I think he's gonna be a really good guard or or center wherever he plays moving forward. And let's pick somebody on defense. And you're done. <laughs> <laughs> you got nobody else. <laughs> 
was waiting for a third one. I'll Mac Hollins. Mac Hollins has been really good. Oh, yeah, Yes, you know, the people didn't like him against the Chiefs, though. No catches. He had a rough, he had a rough game. He, he, he had a rough one against the Chiefs. If Carr got that first ball maybe a few more yards ahead, that that could have been a long touchdown. He underthrew that pass. It was still a clean drop, though. You can't blame that on Carr. That, that first one? He was open, though, and then he had to slow down, and then it became a contested you catch. Gotta, it, it would have been a long gotta, touchdown. He threw it a little further. You got to catch that ball. Yeah, I, I think he, he, he could have caught it, but. I agree with Ted. See, Vic, you just shit on Ted, man. He's coming here with some positivity, and you're in here. Uh, he dropped the ball. <laughs> no, nah, he said it was. He said, was under, he said it was underthrown. He said it was a bad pass. I'm like the guy yeah, dropped man. the ball. Ted, I love Ted Mac. can't win. I'm Ted driving the win, Mac man. Collins fan club truck, but I'm just saying that he didn't play well that game. That's period. I mean, he had a great season so far, but he had a bad game. I mean, multiple plays. But um, I'm not trying to rain. Sure, I'm, I apologize. So, yeah. And Ted did set that up. It was like, I want to pick somebody on defense. Mm. Amik Roberson? Amik Roberson? Robertson. 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 Latie, yeah. <laughs> Can't even say his name. He's a positive player. But uh yeah, he's been he's been good. He's probably been uh he's been he's been playable. Been a bigger surprise on defense. Some guy who probably there weren't a lot of hopes for going in, who's I made some plays. Yeah, I think I'd go Jacobs, Hollins, and then and then Robertson. I was I was wondering whether he was gonna make the roster and like he's you know, he's still giving up a bunch of catches and has situations where, you know, Things don't go well, but especially you know, referring back um, to to Nate Hobbs. I mean, he's he's a guy that he's led them so far this year in snaps at Nickelback, and he's he's that guy that can kind of mimic uh, as well as he can what he does as a, as a guy who can move inside and outside. And he's one of the few guys on defense that made a play this year that we can remember, which is the <laughs> the fumble recovery for a touchdown. So I mean, outside of Max Crosby, him and Nate Hobbs are like the only guys of note. I guess we can get Deron Harmon too, Deron Harmon, but. Yeah, that'll be my three. So they, they Just need somebody to call him short every game. Somebody calls him short, he goes off. I'll go with Jacobs, uh, Hollins, and uh, and Robertson. I think Parham's been good, but he's also got blown up on some really bad times. Like a couple of plays he got blown up on kind of cost him some games. Like So I think he's uh, definitely got a nice upside, but when he's missed, he's kind of missed at really bad times for him. So. Those are my three. Can we do a collective of the, of the nine man offensive line rotation? Just the, the, that's been ten. Uh, it's been ten. Is better it ten? than Sean. Uh, the ten. Ten. Uh, ten combinations. I can't keep track. It's ten because they moved the guard. They switched the guards for some reason last week. So ten. for some reason, they're trying to find the five best guys every possible yeah. week. There yeah. is competition's yeah. breeding success, and each guy makes everybody better. Yeah. So you move them around, and it really builds on the whole unit. Yeah, and I, and I had a whole bye week to think about it. So who knows what's going to happen? You might have Colton Miller at center. <laughs> So negative. So negative. All right. Predictions. Well, predictions. 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 Like, if anybody's going to go negative here, hell, we're in for a long Sunday. Who wants to lead us off? Ted, you're going to lead us off. I say Raiders are going to put up 30 points. They're going to win 33 to 23. Texans are, they, they've been feisty. They've been feisty. He likes the Texans. They ain't that fucking feisty. Uh, I'm going Raiders 35. <laughs> Raiders 35, Texans 14. I think they they beat them. They they whoop their ass at home like they're supposed to. I'll go negative. I'll say the Raiders are not going to cover the spread. So uh, it's going to be they're fair by seven. So I'll say Raiders thirty, Texans twenty four. I'm going blowout thirty five seventeen. Get this thing going in the right direction. Like it's we we're we're not we did not plan for the season to be one where we're talking about trade candidates uh, after five games. Uh, or they, not buying Devontae Adams' jersey. Don't buy his jersey. <laughs> Don't do it. 
Oh my just, goodness! Just, just wait like two weeks. Like you got time before Christmas. Oh, you, 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 you can wait. Uh, terrible. To do your, your shopping. I mean, they need not just a win in a bad way, but they need a a, a comfortable win where they they put up sixty minutes of pretty good football. So, thirty-five seventeen. What's our record this year when we all are uh, all on the same page? Now we all had them losing the opener and we were right, and then we all had them beating the Cardinals and we were wrong. Although we should have been right. Like, come on, like. That, that was it. Did we ever, was no reason, did we all there was agree? no reason for us to. Yeah, there was no reason for that to not be correct. There may be only two weeks we all agree. I think. I think the other weeks we were split. I think. I think those were two that we all. So agreed we on. should. We should. It should be like automatic eh? because there's no way they should have lost that Cardinals game, but they did. But they did. I like our odds. I like our chances. Our thinking was in the right direction. We just didn't expect them to blow it. This week starts a new era of State of the Nation where we all agree and we win. For the third time, so third po- time this era so restarts. Right. Yeah, I got one. Vic, Vic is, I think he's one in four in his predictions, right? So Vic's predictions will match the Raiders' record. You know what I mean? So he's picking them to win. So he'll be two and five, and they'll be two and five. There you go. Or two and four. Two and four. Vic gets credit for choosing the Raider. No, Vic and Jimmy gets credit for choosing a Raider win against the Chiefs because they were very close. They lost. Nobody expected it to be close. <laughs> nah. Give us credit. I would have the score. I would have the score yeah, exactly right. You, I you, if they got the two-point conversion, you, you would have had it right, right? I would have retired, yeah. I've been gone on top. But uh, no, it's going to be good. It's going to be. Uh, the Raiders going to win. That's, I, I'm pounding the table here at the Raiders facility. I guarantee it. They're going to beat the Texans. Book it. Guarantee the Guarantee the wow. victory. Oh, now, now I'm a little bit nervous. <laughs> you just got me nervous now. <laughs> The Malik Collins revenge game. I'm trying to end us on a positive note, and y'all keep fucking it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, well, I'm getting that guarantee. We, uh, we guarantee a win. There you go. Stone cold lock. Stone cold. I like it. All right, everybody. We will talk to you again on Sunday after the Raiders beat the Houston oh, Texans. Shit. We're going to end up on a Texan social media. Adios. <laughs> Peace, y'all. Adios. Later. Go buy your Adams jersey. Don't listen to these guys. Go ahead and buy it. It's fine. Talk to you after the Raiders win. Let's have some fun.